is this is a football podcast, man. Meat, football, good. Man, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. Josh Johnson and my good buddy, Ben Watts. We're in the driver's seat with you. We're talking week one of the NFL season. We're talking fantasy football. It happened. how excited are you on a scale of one to you're about to jump off a bridge and eat a donut and do a pirouette all at the same time? I'm already on the way down. I've already jumped. (laughs) You're you're already flying through the air. Yes, I am currently in the air. It is the best time of year. It is football time. We're actually recording this essentially during the Monday night game. So Yeah, this is which we were trying to get it in earlier, but it didn't happen. Yeah. You might hear a scream here in a little bit. <laughs> if we see Cortland Sutton go for 60, I might just pass away, but it's fine. We'll keep the show rolling. Um lots of football to talk about from this past weekend. Ben, how'd your teams do? How'd you end up? Uh, redrafts were kind of a little hit and miss. A lot of good, a lot of really bad. Dynasty teams uh, were dominating, obviously. But it's a good time. I I enjoyed it. I, I forgot I the, the stress that fantasy brings as much as I love it. It's, yeah, for real. it's a I good mean, time. It is pulse-pounding stuff, especially when you put, like, I don't know. We put way too much time into this, and you just you just want your teams to reflect the. I want everyone to know that I am better than them, (laughs) and I want it. I think I ended up with the win on six of my nine teams. A mix of redraft dynasty. The dynasty squads are looking pretty good. The redraft squads are doing probably better than I expected. If I'm totally honest with you, Um, but yeah, it's a fun time. Why don't we hop into some news? So, Dak Prescott, unfortunately, he was a dud for fantasy. Um, even when Cowboy he was healthy. squad was a dud. They were so bad. I only watched, I think I only watched through like mid-third quarter of that game. It was an absolute snooze fest. I wanted to go to bed. I was uh, asleep. But then like after the I went to night. bed. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, after, like, I wake up, I see the notification, Dak torn ligament in his finger essentially broke his thumb he's gonna be out for two months yeah i watched the first half and like fell asleep in the second uh like then the third quarter and i woke up like midway through the fourth it was really wasn't that exciting what's really funny is i like the bucks played pretty awful themselves honestly and they ended up winning by 16 points because dallas was literally doing a webinar on how to suck at NFL football. They were so bad. Even, even with that health, they pretty. were terrible. So they may be uh, at, one out. as of week one, they are the their last place in their division. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, they are they are last place in the division, but I think their their season long outlook is not rosy. We'll get into that a little bit later in the episode about all the players affected by that DAC injury. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, he tore his MCL, I believe it was, so he's going to be out for a couple it. months as well. Did he sprain it? That's yeah, better. I, I, I'm pretty sure. But, I mean, still, Elijah Mitchell is made of glass. I feel like we knew this coming <laughs> into the season. Yeah. 
So it means that there's going to be a next man up mentality for the 49ers. The question is, because it's the 49ers, who the crap is the next man up? My it bet may be somebody is, you don't know who it is yet. Exactly. I think guys to look at, guys you should probably toss some fab on and waivers, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. Interesting. I don't know how great he's going to be. Uh, Trey Mason is also pretty interesting. Tyrion Davis-Price was inactive on Sunday. I don't know if he Same was a healthy Trey scratch. Sermon last year. Exactly. So I'm not sure how much to weigh into the Tyrion Davis-Price situation, but I, I would throw fab dollars at uh, Trey Mason and Jeff Wilson. Probably would not do a ton. Uh, what would you say, like 10%? Yeah, I'd not... I'm taking a flyer on it. Like, if I get it, great. If not, oh, well. Yeah. Uh, Najee Harris injured his foot slash knee slash something. Uh, he was basically folded over backwards like a paper crane. Uh, I'm surprised this hadn't happened Sunday. sooner. He did that all the time last year. I'm like, I look at him playing, and he gets tackled. And it looks like his leg breaks in half. I'm like, <gasps> and he just pops right up. Yeah. So, essentially... I texted you because I saw the play happen live, and I was like, oh, his ACL's gone. He's done for the year. Um, but I guess all that pliability th- work. See, yeah, at first I thought it was like the, the Liz Frank that they had talked about in the preseason him having a problem with, and I thought that was what the issue I th- was. I think what they've arrived on is it's a re-aggravation of the Liz Frank. So what was initially I, said was a high ankle sprain. Because that's what I, I heard after the game. I don't think that's it. Yeah, I'm not sure that that is actually what happened. I think it's a re-aggravation of the Liz Frank injury. The Steelers believe that there's a chance he plays in week two. I don't think that's probably smart. You should probably let him rest a little bit, figure out actually what's going on. But it seems like he's going to be okay. It's not a serious injury. His season is not super affected by it. Um, If it's a high ankle sprain, he would automatically miss like three weeks. So him dodging that, I, I mean, at first it was like, oh, oh god his season's over and then it was high ankle sprain okay he's gonna miss a month and now it's he might play in week two so Najee's probably gonna be fine it means he is he's a durable fella because it it was a very ugly looking play and it looks like he's gonna be okay my goodness all right the moment we've all been waiting for the 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 studs the studs from this past week holy cow so many studs if you invested in wide receivers early, you're looking really good right now. Great uh, job, guys. Just to kick things off, I guess, the argument for the wide receiver one, it's going to continue in earnest. Uh, after the Thursday night game, we posted something that basically said, lock in Cooper Cup as your wide receiver one. And then Justin Jefferson said, hold my beer. Yeah, I, dropped I mentioned on the podcast, I think, like I'm not willing to say it yet on Cup. Because I, I want to see Justin Jefferson play. And now that I saw it, I'm not changing my mind. Justin Jefferson is my one. Yeah, Justin Jefferson, I think, holy crap. I mean, he had, what was it, 150 yards at halftime or something yeah, like had, that? He had like 30 points at halftime. The, oh man, the Vikings offense is going to funnel itself through Justin Jefferson and he, it was not the Cooper Cup situation. So Cooper Cup, he scored all his points because Matt Stafford force-fed him. And it looked kind of difficult, to be honest with you. Like, it was not the sort of thing that just felt like it was easily replicable. It was... Jefferson's just gliding sucked. out there. Staff- 
Yeah, Jefferson is wide freaking open. Nobody within 20 yards of him, scoring touchdowns left and right. Uh, and it was against a Packers defense that's honestly very good. So that was impressive. I, I do think that if you drafted Justin Jefferson expecting him to be the wide receiver one, I think that you might be right on that one. Remains to be yeah. seen, obviously, but Jefferson's our, great. Uh, our post from earlier this year is looking pretty good right now. We had, we said, was it five guys we thought was within their realm of possibilities to finish as the one? I think it was like Jefferson, Cup, Chase, Devontae, and Diggs. And all of those guys proved us right. We've won. Yep. CD was in there as well as like the last option, but uh, uh, that yeah, he, that one missed. And we'll talk about that later. <laughs> that that one may not have been it. Uh, AJ Brown, Philadelphia's <laughs> new wide receiver one. We can switch oh AJ Brown and CD Lamb right now. AJ Brown, I get it. It's the Lions, but if that continues, he just put himself in the conversation as a guy who could finish as the one. Yeah, I. I'll be honest. So I've got AJ Brown on all of my dynasty teams. Now that I think about it, I have three dynasty squads. He's on all three of them. I've got heavy investment in him and I did not expect this. Like he was not a, my guy coming into the season. I was not like an AJ Brown fanboy. It just, I guess happened that I had a lot of shares of him and I am over the moon. Cause I, I feel like now I've got a, locked in top five dynasty wide receiver maybe it's overreaction monday i don't know but like we always knew he was really good but this is just like confirmation bias i guess like i i have a stud in my dynasty wide receiver one spot i'm feeling really good yeah he just he just set the league on fire that was wild yeah now, 13 granted, targets it is it is detroit detroit's not an amazing team but yeah, but I, I think really what makes this fascinating is the, like, he had 120 yards at halftime, and it wasn't just because he took, like, two passes, 60 yards. Like, J Jalen Hurts was looking for A.J. Brown early and often. He was force-feeding him. Uh, all the reports coming out of training camp were like, A.J. Brown's going to get 1,000 targets. And I was like, okay, that's really funny. Uh, no, he he might get 1,000 targets. Like, yeah, th it could they, happen. They schemed their entire offense, their entire passing offense, I should say, around A.J. Brown. They didn't get Devontae Smith involved. Dallas Goddard was a little bit involved, but it, it really truly was A.J. Brown or bust for the passing offense. You know, he didn't even score, and he scored uh, 25 PPR fantasy points, which is just absurd. So you never saw anything like this in Tennessee, I think. That's, that's sort of the takeaway here. Uh, this is it's AJ Brown season, boys. It used to. Michael Thomas. He's back. He got himself five catches, two touchdowns. He's back. Uh, Twenty PPR fantasy points. Now, I guess there, the question it, there's ben, a big asterisk by his name because he was right. going up against the vaunted AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell is very very good. I so, I lost a lot of faith in AJ Terrell. <laughs> yesterday <laughs> I, I do think there's an element of michael thomas is a good football player to this he hasn't played in two years he's still you don't just forget how to be good at football uh he's a very good player i will say this though i want to say um jarvis landry ended up with seven for 114 
So I'm not, I am of the opinion, Chris Olave's in there as well, that Michael Thomas is not going to get you 20 points every week like what you would have expected in years past. I think he's going to be a little bit more boom bust just because there's more options in that passing game. But it is good to see him score twice, him being the red zone target. Five catches, I mean, that's fine. Like, I really just was hoping for not a bust from Michael Thomas. Obviously, we got a boom week because of the touchdowns. But I don't know. Like, of those three, how are you sort of feeling about the Saints passing game? I'm sure you watched that game a bunch. They stole it from your Falcons. I watched I don't know. How are you feeling? It's unfortunate. Uh, yeah, it sucks. I feel like so Michael Thomas is back. I don't expect obviously I don't expect two touchdowns every week. The volume was kind of iffy. The Saints offense was was really iffy in the first half. Obviously when they come against the teams teams that are far more competent in their play calling, he will not do as well. He's he's still going to be yeah. really good this year. Assuming as long as yeah. he stays healthy. I think he ended up being the drafted big takeaway like the is the Falcons are horrific. <laughs> they're, listen, their their offense is not awful. I think Marcus Mariota is he's going to be decent. The problem just, is he's not going to be so bad that you're going to get the number one, one pick. I don't think it's going to happen. I just want the number one pick. Like, okay, don't don't do that to me every week. Don't act like y'all are a good team and then blow a lead like that. Just get blown out and let's go get to a number one. <laughs> I think you're going to end up being too good for the number one pick. I think Mariota. Yeah, that's the that problem. Dude's playing for a job future. Yeah, that's the problem. We're going to do it again where we're like, we suck, but we don't suck so bad that we just end up with like the ninth pick and the top quarterbacks are already gone and the best defenders are already gone. So we're sitting there like, okay, did we just take another receiver or gosh, here's what will happen. Y'all will end up with like the fifth pick and take a reach on Will Levis or something like that. I'm going to quit. <laughs> I'll pull for the Bengals, I swear um, to God. <laughs> um, pivoting over here to running backs, we had, we had ourselves a day. Saquon Barkley has come back from the dead. We're getting vintage Saquon. Uh, 30 fantasy points from him, 160 yards rushing. He had a 30% target share as a running back. He scored the game-winning two-point conversion for the Giants. It looks like he's their whole offense. Holy cow. What a day from Saquon. He's back. He is absolutely back. I think Can he do this all the week people, in and week out? I don't know. I, th I think so. I mean, he, don't expect this might. week in and week out, but... Uh, I will yeah, say this. I'm going to victory lap a little bit. Saquon was a my guy. If you listened to me and you took him at the end of the first round or top of the second round, you're feeling so good about yourself right now. In fact, the next guy on here, DeAndre Swift, is my, at, my guy. Right at the end of draft season, I was telling people, take Saquon at the end of the first, take Swift at the top of the second, thank me later. Turns if you out, did that. That was amazing advice. You scored 55 points, kid. <laughs> just from those two good. guys yeah Swift is I mean we've been high on him for a long time literally the only concern with him it's the same as CMC can he stay healthy if he does you saw the potential he's got he has the Christian McCaffrey upside 
he can absolutely be the RB1 this year. Yeah, I think both of these guys have that potential in the range of outcomes. And what was crazy was towards like the last two weeks of draft season, we sort of had that this discussion of do you take Saquon, do you take Swift? And I like I couldn't pick. I was like, I don't know, but I think both are gonna be awesome. And week one just kind of confirms that okay, if you took Swift, you feel great about it. If you took Saquon, you feel great about it. I don't think you're mad about missing on one or the other. Um, I guess the question is, we've gotten this question already in our DMs. People are asking, should they sell high on Saquon, sell high on Swift? I've been telling them no. How do you feel about that sort of situation? Uh, I mean, yeah, I kind of tend to agree. It depends on what you're getting back for them. I mean, if it's a haul, yeah, sure. But... I mean, I'm if I'm selling Swift or Saquon right now, like I better be getting the top five wide receiver. Like I better be getting Chase or something like that. Like that's there's no other way I'm selling them right now. Yeah, that uh, yeah, they're they're going to be great. I think both have a chance to be a top five running back this year, depending on health. Very excited about that. It's great when you know week one what you've got. Like you don't have to you don't have to think about it anymore. Like Saquon, we okay, we know. Swift, yep, lock him in. He's going to be and great. Granted, Both are going to be granted, awesome. Granted, these are these were some boom weeks, but I mean, this is they got good volume. They were extremely efficient with their touches. So yeah, yeah, they're, they're, it's the usage. Weekly, it's really, what it is is the usage. Like Saquon for sure. I mean, he got an absolute workhorse load. I think he got like twenty four touches. Saquon or uh, DeAndre Swift didn't have that level of workload. But he had enough, and you already knew. Like, you saw this last year. I mean, the dude would get 15 touches and give you 25 fantasy points on a regular basis. Like, he does not need a, a workhorse load to do that. Uh, but even still, I mean, he gave you 160 yards rushing himself. Uh, it, great weeks for both of them. Uh, a guy that we did not project to be amazing, but was anyway, was Cordero Patterson. Oh, Cordero. Or, uh, your Falcon. Where did that come from, Ben? The Explain only good one. to me where the crap Cordero came. Because we all left him for dead. We said, all right, he's done. He's washed. Well, uh, we don't like him anymore. Daryl Williams got hurt like on one of the opening plays super early. So that that helped get him up there. Algier was inactive for the game. So he had a lot of good stuff going for him. But, I mean, there's not a, not a ton of good stuff happening the Falcons I mean he was I mean he was a, he was getting like five yards of carry every time he touched the ball it was like a first down and he got yeah, some catches he ended up too, with so. I think he had 120 rushing yards or something like that so he had himself a good day on the ground I guess the real don't, question is don't bench is Cordero sustainable no <laughs> don't the question is though like can he keep it up is he gonna be you know last year was the RB9 is he going to be able to repeat performances like this and string them together I think top 15's I mean, it's assuming he stays healthy with just the lack of mouths to feed on this offense. Yeah, he could top 15s within the range of outcomes again. That's crazy. <laughs> but, like, it, I could totally it, see it. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, James Robinson. Freaking James def- Robinson, dude. Defying all science medical knowledge and everything. I had a lot of people he, who were like, 
I didn't start uh, James Robinson because of what Cam Akers just did. And James Robinson said, no, I am not Cam Akers. <laughs> it's really interesting because, like, I do think that the Cam Akers thing is not so much related to the Achilles injury and more related to, like, coaching slash he wasn't doing quite what McVeigh wanted. Like, I don't think it was, oh, he sucks now. Yeah, like, I don't play him. Whenever I see him, like, I don't know what other people are seeing, but, like, I don't see the the loss of burst, per se. It's just the usage, and he's not he's getting hit, and I guess the coaching draft just doesn't trust him. They yeah. trust James Robinson. So, they love James Robinson in Jacksonville, and we said this, or maybe I said this, Ben was a little bit later to this, that, like, James Robinson yeah, was going to... He's probably going to really spoil Travis Etienne's homecoming here. Like... I I didn't expect James Robinson to give you 20 fantasy points in week one. I really thought he was going to be like a five to 10 points a week kind of guy. So like I, I was taking late round flyers on him, but I just wasn't, I wasn't expecting this. And I certainly was, was not expecting ETN to just flat out bust. The thing is though, I think what's going to happen throughout the season is you're going to have James Robinson being the goal line back being the first and second down running back, ETN getting third downs, and it's just going to be so hit or miss with these running backs. Like, James Robinson scored twice, so he had a great week, but next week if he doesn't score, he'll probably not be all that good, and everybody's going to be mad <laughs> at James Robinson. Same thing He's with ETN. He's still ETN. getting the valuable really touches miss. in the offense, though. Yeah, and there's a there's a there's an account on Instagram that puts out great content, or content called, uh, I think it's Fantasy Guides, they do a thing every week that's like essentially the missed fantasy points or the unrealized fantasy points that happened in a in a matchup. And Travis Etienne, like his, he could have had twenty four fantasy points this past week. Um, he dropped a a would be touchdown, and Trevor Lawrence overthrew him on another would be touchdown. So, uh, you know, James Robinson ends up with twenty. But it's very possible that ETN could have stolen one of those touchdowns uh, and ended up scoring 24 himself. So I do think this is going to be a really, really volatile backfield. All this says to me is, you know, James Robinson, he wasn't ever an elite athlete, but he's a really good runner. And he's, he's going to be a pain for ETN owners all year long. ETN is going to be a pain for James Robinson owners, vice versa. They're just going to cannibalize each other. Yeah, this is. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. Don't I don't like it. Another backfield that looks like they might be cannibalizing each other. I don't understand, but Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Michael Carter outtouched Brees Hall. They didn't lie to us. They or, said Michael Carter was gonna be the guy. They did, and Michael Carter was pretty good. I'll be honest with you. Like he had himself a pretty decent week. The thing is, though, like, Brees Hall had 10 targets, which was the most... That was the high watermark for running backs on the week. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't really know what to do with this backfield, to be honest with you. I've got Brees Hall in a couple dynasty leagues. I'm very excited about him. But Michael Carter looks like he's going to be a pain. And I just don't know how long it's going to take for this backfield to really sort itself out. Michael Carter ends up with a 60% snap percentage, 10 carries, 60 yards, nine targets, and seven catches for another 40 yards. I mean, that is, that's 17 PPR points 
Brees Hall had himself, I think he ended up with like 10, but yikes. I, I think it's a good opportunity if you can get Brees Hall for cheap. I would do that. But I'm talking really cheap because, I, like you said, we don't know when his ascension will happen or even if it'll happen. I don't know. I mean, this one's going to be hard to hard to look at. Yeah, he ends up with 12 touches, 16 opportunities. Uh, so, like, I guess because of the passing work, the target share and all that fun stuff, it's there for him. If he wouldn't have lost a fumble, he'd have ended up with like 11, 12 points, which is, that's really not a bust week. Um, so I, both of these running backs ended up kind of delivering some value. Uh, but it, it, again, it's until it really sorts itself out, I'm kind of staying away from both of these guys. I'm not expecting to get, you know, 30 fantasy points out of this backfield every week. Uh, so yeah, I, I have hope for Brees Hall in the future. And I think he's going to be phenomenal. But as of right now, I am having to eat a little bit of crow on Brees Hall. Yep, I agree. All right, Ben. Where the crap did Clyde Edwards-Hilaire come from? I, I don't know. We This is what we hoped for um, three years ago when they drafted him. However, I'm not buying it. I don't know about that you. That was weird. I'm not <laughs> it buying was it. so weird. He, he had two touchdowns on 11 touches. He had a 36.5% snap share. And he scored 20 fantasy points. Um, here's what I'm doing with Clyde. I've got one solitary dynasty share of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I'm trying to sell him for anything that I can get. To I the tried first getting sucker you my, can find. Yeah, I tried targeting the Mike Williams owner earlier today. It didn't work, but... If you can go get Mike Williams for Clyde, do it so fast. Like, do it in a heartbeat. I, I'm not really sold on Clyde. Just because some of it was uh, the Chiefs got up and kind of put in Pacheco. Well, he scored his touchdowns early, though. Yeah. Uh, but, but still, like, I, 11 touches is not enough. I need to see more opportunities nah, from a running Pacheco back before I'm willing to stick him in. He did. Granted, it was in garbage time, but but still. Yeah, that was. I'm not. I'm not here for it. I might be I buying the next one though. You definitely might be. Uh, freaking Carson Wentz comes out. I think Dominated. as of right now, I think he's, he's the quarterback three. At, are you sure? I mean, I think he's Q, Is he QB two? I know Mahomes is no. one. Did he beat? Did he Mahomes pass Josh Allen? No, no, he did not. Josh Allen was okay. Not so by much. QB like they're three. all within like five points of each other. Yeah. Um, he threw two interceptions. He had four touchdowns, 300 yards. I don't know. I really don't. Like, I don't know where that came from. I don't know what's up with this. Carson's I don't know how to project to the haters. He must be. I will say this, though. Last year, I want to say. Through week like 15, Carson Wentz was a top 12 quarterback. So it's it's not completely out of left field. No. Obviously, he he's maligned in real life, but I, he has been a decent fantasy quarterback. He gives you a little bit of a rushing floor. But this is I mean, this is this is peak Carson Wentz. 
Um, Granted, I don't know. Are this you... is also against Jacksonville. That's a fair point. Jacksonville's not very good. Uh, but still, are are you gonna like buy into this in your superflex leagues? Do you want to go get in for like your QB three, your QB two, or yeah, are you kind of just leaving this alone? That's not bad. In one of my dynasty uh, superflex leagues, I've got him as my QB two, and he's the reason I won this week. Fair point. Yeah, and I don't I don't know. There's something about that like emotional attachment to a player when they win you a week. You kind of just end up holding on to them. So. I don't know. I don't know what the season-long outlook is here. Keep an eye on it. But, the I touchdown. mean, the the weapons are there in Washington. You've got McLaurin. You've, Curtis Samuel looked good. Dotson looked good. Um, even Antonio Gibson looked good. And yeah. Brian Robinson will be back. Their offensive line isn't horrible. Like, it's it's not that ble- as bleak as you would think in Washington right now. Granted, all that said... They were playing Jacksonville. They were so playing Jacksonville. We're take, so. it with a, take it with a grain of salt. Come and back to me. And- Jacksonville had that game won at one point, and somehow the commanders managed to steal it. So, yeah, it, it sort of turned into a little bit of a barn burner at the end of it. And uh, I think two of Wentz's touchdowns came in the fourth quarter, kind of in the flurry at the end. So, some of this was he was padded by throwing four touchdowns, which yeah, they you know, uh, take that with a grain of salt. They play Detroit next week, and they play Philly the week after, and Philly gave up 35 points to the Lions. So Granted, I would keep an eye on Carson most Wentz. all of them were in garbage time. The Lions this, were getting their yeah. butts whooped. This is true, but Wentz does get the Lions next week, and he gets an Eagles secondary that didn't. Or an Eagles team that didn't defense that did give up 35 points, even if it was garbage time. So, yeah. if you've got Carson Wentz, maybe consider selling him after he has potentially three really good weeks. I or, will say this. I mean, maybe if you can get him to help you with these three weeks, if you if you had Dak. Yeah, no that that was where I was going to go with this. If you lost Dak, I would try and maybe pick up Carson Wentz if he's on waivers. Or trade like, you know, a bargain bin piece for him because nobody likes having Carson Wentz. They're gonna trade you Carson Wentz. I'll also, Antonio Gibson. I think he's a great play next week against the Lions. And until Brian Robinson comes back, it really looks like Antonio Gibson is going to get a great workload. He's gonna score a lot of fantasy points. Once Robinson comes back, all, all bets are off. But. Uh, I think Gibson's going to be pretty solid these next couple weeks. Yeah, in one of our uh, follower leagues, I accidentally, you know, walked away from the draft for a second and then auto drafted Antonio Gibson, and everybody was giving yeah. me a hard time about it. But it doesn't look that bad right now. All right, we've got one more segment in this episode. Ben, this is your baby. Explain what we're about to get into. So these are the players who just. Just these weasels that hurt you so bad. We're calling them, these are your <laughs> weekly weenies. Just garbage. If I saw you in real life, I would hit you with my car, kind of. Just, <laughs> I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> All right. And we're going to start in, off with one. Mike Williams. What happened? I mean, four, Justin Herbert throws targets. three touchdowns, he throws for 200 something yards. And you don't have anything? You're like the 
you're the guy like people were crowning like he could take over Keenan Allen's spot as the one. Keenan Allen got hurt and you still did nothing. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, Mike Williams, I don't know where that came from. I'll be honest. I really thought Mike Williams was going to have himself a day, especially after Keenan Allen went out. And some dude named DeAndre something or other, but he was Carter. white. DeAndre Carter, a white guy, and Gerald Everett, a black guy, stole all. And why does the, the race have to come was, into this, Josh? I don't know. I, you know, why is a white dude named DeAndre? That's all I'm gonna say. It was confusing. That's fair enough. He looked like an accountant. Anywho, Mike <laughs> Williams. The guy's name was Gerald. <laughs> exactly. That's a lawyer's Very name. Putting. <laughs> uh, anywho. Mike Williams, four targets. I think he had two catches for like 12 yards. It was terrible. I think it will be better, but Number two. this week, you are a weenie, Mike Williams. Number two, Damian Pierce, you are a weenie. I will give him a pass because he is a rookie. However, that was weak sauce. We did tell you to sit him, though. I will yeah, give we, us, we did say I'll this. Pat us, pat us on the back a little bit. We said don't play him. The problem was I thought he was going to get a great workload and still suck. He just didn't get workload. He, he just sucked. But, I mean, you see this all the time from rookie running backs, so we're not panicking on Brees Hall. I'm not going to panic on Pierce yet. Yeah, I think you wait out the storm a little bit. Uh, Lovey Smith, after their game, said that he wanted to get Damian Pierce more involved. I believe him. I think that Damian Pierce is going to end up He's too good not getting, not to. you know. Yeah, they're going to give him touches. Rex Burkhead ended up with, like, an absurd snap count and – you know, target count. It, it was very odd. So I, I don't know how much you should read into this going forward. Next, Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith. What happened? Your that team was scored well, what happened was 38 points. I don't care AJ if Brown it was Calvin Johnson over the there. air out of the building. You could catch one pass. Yeah, that was rough. What are you doing? What really happened was... They ran the ball a ton and threw no passing touchdowns. And Devontae Smith was the odd man out, which, again, we did say this was probably going to happen. There was going to be an odd man out. It was either going to be Goddard or Devonta. We knew A.J. Brown was going to hog targets. It was just like, who's going to be the guy that ends up getting left out? This week, it was Devonta Smith. I didn't think it wouldn't would be bail on him, this though. bad. It was a zero. That's not good. Don't drop him, but... Ugh. Kyle Pitts. What the this crap? One hurt. This one hurt me. I was I sitting needed, there watching the game, so, and like I'm screaming at the TV to throw it to Kyle Pitts because he was blocking like the entire fourth quarter. Like I would watch the team drop back, and he would just drop into blocking. Like th He is the best... Weapon we have by far. Drake London, he looked really good. He had like 70 yards on five catches. He looked really good. But that's Kyle Pitts. Throw him the ball. He's 6'6". He runs a 4'4". Why does he have two catches? And he's blocking the entire second half. I, I'm, I'm upset. I'll let you talk a little bit on this one. I'm upset. Yeah, he he did have seven targets, which is a decent target number. It was tied uh, but this with was kind of the London. 
Yeah, it's kind of the problem of last year, though. Like, he ended up with, I think it was 110 targets. It just not not a ton of those turned into catches. The thing was, Kyle Pitts turned those catches into fantasy production because he is amazing. But, like, he just needs to get the ball. Like, he needs to be a guy that you're throwing throwing at, like, 12 times a game. Like, it, I don't... Don't put the man in a blocking package. Like, he might be a great... He might be your best freaking blocker. Throw him the ball. He's your best he, receiver. He was Drake blocking London's so... Great. Like, Kyle Pitts is better. I don't understand, like, why he was... Like, how, how does he block that much? Do we have not have another tight end who can block and put Kyle Pitts out there at receiver? Uh, you you would think. Something. I, I don't know. It was weird. And also... I mean, it's, I, it's a good thing to know that, like, the coaching staff trusts him enough to block. So, I mean, he is in year two, officially a three-down tight end at all times. But yeah. still, I, I want to see more than that. And also, when they were in the red zone, they were running the ball. Like, I would have thought that they would have tr- drawn something up to throw it up to Pitts, you know, like five yards and in. Try to they isolate the ball some, to Patterson. somewhere. Yeah, they just, they just let Patterson run it in. So, I don't know. I, I think Patterson might end up being the bane to the Kyle Pitts owner's existence, which... We're used to it. It happened last year. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what else to say on that one. Cowboys, they sucked. The, really the entire bad. team. There's no one name here. We'll bring up a couple. All of them. So, CD, CD Lamb Zeke. first. I yep. think there's a panic similar to what happened with Cam Akers late last week going on with CD right now. Everybody is messaging us asking should we sell cd what should we sell him for i don't want him anymore i made a mistake what do i do ben what do you do with cd drop him let me pick him up <laughs> uh, realistically I rest of season I don't where wanna, do you have him without dak it drops him a lot and i was going to drop him some anyway just because how bad the team looked he yeah they looked how many looked how many better. targets did he have let me look i can't remember i saw I think like he had 12 he had a bunch of targets in the first half when i was watching but he'd only caught like two of them let me scroll down and see so, he had um 11 targets for two catches that's bad and i i get probably the defense was all over him because he's the only target you kind of respect as of right now in that offense but still, I mean, you saw Jamar Chase when T. Higgins went out. Like I'm assuming the Steelers would have tried to shut him down. He still dominated and had an incredible week when he was the main threat. He scored the game tying touchdown. And CD in what should have been a pretty high scoring game only catches two passes. So I wonder this, Ben. I know a lot of people sort of view this season as a make it or break it year for CD, both for fantasy and really in the NFL real life as well. You know, if, if, I mean, Dak is going to miss two months. It's just where we're at. Cooper Rush is the other quarterback on their depth chart. If you haven't heard of him, I don't blame you. And I think there's going to be a real chance that CeeDee Lamb is like the wide receiver 20, wide receiver 25 by the time that Dak comes back. If CeeDee Lamb finishes at wide receiver 16, everybody's going to be done with CeeDee. They're, they're not trying that again. Um, he would have never finished as a RB or a, run, a wide receiver one. So people are going to be done with him. I guess the question is at 24 years old, if this time next year we're looking at CD as 
the dude just busts, you know, like, is there a chance he could salvage his dynasty value? Is there a chance that he could salvage his value just this year? Like, could he, can he improve off of this? Uh, can he end up kind of bringing back some value for you? I mean, I think he definitely can. It's a lot of it's going to be up to him. Like I feel at sometimes he's almost lazy. It feels bad for me. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to call him lazy, but I, I don't know. Do you, do you see that when you see him play sometimes? Kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, he just doesn't take games over. I don't know if it's that he's not lazy. So, okay. I, I, I think maybe what I'm trying to say is like, you see, like it's, it's the mental game sometimes like Jamar Chase. Yeah. For example, when the chips are down, Jamar Chase is going to go and he's going to jump over top of side. He's going to hit somebody as hard as he can. Like he's got that just winner mentality that that dog. Like you see all, all the time, people talking about he he's got that. You've got other guys like Cooper Cup. Give me the ball. Like CD just doesn't seem to play like that. Yeah, you sort of compare him to a guy in a similar, or at least a year ago, was in a similar tier in terms of fantasy value. AJ Brown. You know, AJ, I felt like always produced in spite of. Like he was he was on a run first offense with a quarterback that really wasn't that great. And but he give was me the producing ball. regardless. Yeah, like he was an alpha. And CeeDee Lamb just, like, he he has the great situation. He's got Dak Prescott. He had a good offensive line. The offensive line isn't great this year. But, like, I feel like CeeDee Lamb has had everything he's needed to succeed and just hasn't really done it yet. Kind of underwhelmed. And I don't know. Like, I do think we should probably get to, like, you know, what you should – practically actually do with cd you know i would trade him and and redraft i probably would still Find hold you him a wide dynasty. receiver needy team in redraft yeah a guy who's like is, okay though, well cd probably be fine yeah the issue is i think people are selling for too little like people are like oh give me just just give me christian kirk and i you know cd lamb it still carries that name value to where you can get something better than a christian kirk for him um, if you, get Christian if you Kirk could trade something, yeah, yeah, like Christian Kirk and Damian Pierce, sure, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Um, but I, I do think that like, don't just panic sell him for nothing. Um, but I do think it would be a good idea in redraft leagues to see what you can get for CD Lamb. Uh, with Dak, I think that there's a couple different ways you could approach this. So, I the way I see it. In a redraft league, one quarterback, you should just drop Dak. Um, there's really no point in holding a guy for seven, eight weeks. Uh, just pick up a quarterback off the waivers. Dak, his season is dead to you at this point. If it's two quarterback, I think you hold him. Um, I think you just try and tread water a little bit uh, with your quarterback three and just just see how well you can tread water. Um, if it's dynasty... You should trade for Dak Prescott. I think you should send, like, you know, trade low for him. Send a package that's not super-duper crazy because he's going to have a depressed value. I think you should try and acquire him and sort of see what you can get in eight weeks. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that, but that's sort of where I'm at on Dak. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree. Go, go get Dak Prescott. Zeke, probably not going to be all that good this year. 
<laughs> Bad O-line. Um, the team just lost its quarterback, so the efficiency is going to go down. And I don't think he played that many more snaps than Pollard did. It was basically a 50-50 split. That's not good. No. So I think Zeke... Ugh. Probably not going to be very good this year. I took him in one redraft league, I think. Um, and he traded him for Deebo So that was Samuel. a miss. Oh, that's right. I did. Just kidding. I dodged a bullet. We're good. We're Gucci. That guy... Oh, that sucks for him. I feel really bad for that guy. He just paid Debo Samuel for Zeke, and now he gets this dumpster fire of a running back to just slot into his lineup. That's unfortunate. Final guy. Final weekly weenie. Kind of talked Lead about us away, already. Ben. But uh, Travis Etienne, he was okay, given the touches he had. But you just got out-snapped and out-played by a guy who tore his Achilles six months ago. So that's that's not good, Travis. I don't like it at all. I I really thought, and I, and I still think, because you know you saw the the missed points from Fantasy Guides, which the content that's really good content they put out, but. Uh, there, he left a lot on the field, so the ceiling's going to be higher. He still has a, a pretty valuable role. He ran a lot of routes, which is encouraging. But, um, yeah, and the fumble hurt his game. School, all in all, scored seven points. is not a good week. But there's potential for it to be better. But like you said, there's going to be a lot of problems with him and James Robinson this year going back and forth of which one do you really want, which one's going to be good this week, and I prefer just to wash my hands of it. Yeah, I agree. I think I've already sent out some dynasty trades, actually, with Travis Etienne as, like, the main piece. Like, I – at least until next year, I think you're just going to be really frustrated with Etienne. I think this will be a common thread throughout the whole season this year – if you've got ETN, you're going to, like, you can see the potential here. He's, I mean, he could be really, really good. But I just don't think that you're ever going to see it actually happen, or at least not in a consistent enough fashion that you're going to feel good about it. So I, in Dynasty, you know, maybe that means you trade for him. Maybe that means you just try and go get him, buy him low. But I, I don't know. I he scares me a little bit. I think the talent is there. Talent usually wins out, but James Robinson is really good. Like, James Robinson is not a backup running back. James Robinson is a legitimately talented starting NFL running back. And it just so happens that, like, there's two top, you know, 15 talent running backs in the same backfield. It's the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt situation. They're just going to cannibalize each other. It's worse because they don't run the ball the way Cleveland does. So... It, they're going to both end up probably being a little bit disappointing. Yep. It's rather unfortunate, but oh well. That'll do Broncos, it. Broncos for... are losing right now to Seattle. Are they really? Yeah, they're down 7-3. to three. Geno Smith Gross. is 9 for 9 passing. And <laughs> a touchdown. What? <laughs> what? Did, uh, did DK Metcalf score? No, Will Disley caught a 38-yard touchdown. Oh, gross. The NFL is so weird. Yeah, this is... I'm, I mean, I'm assuming the Denver is going to end up pulling it out, but... 
Who is A. I mean, Beck? He is leading the Broncos in receiving right He's now. He's the backup tight end. All right. Well, <laughs> we're going to go watch Monday Night us. Football. We're going to go check out this Broncos-Seahawks game, probably whine about it. I'm going to be pulling for Sutton, and I'll probably be disappointed, but that's just how things go. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, share it with a friend. Uh, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Check our content out on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore. We try to post daily over there. It's a fun time. we got a big community there. We also have a community on Discord if you want to do some start Check sits. Talk to us personally throughout the week. Appreciate to everybody it, right? who showed up for the live stream Monday. It was really good. Oh, that was fun. Or Sunday. Ben will be yeah. doing those. You'll be doing Hopefully those every, every week, Sunday right? morning. Fun That's the goal right now. Well, that'll do it. We'll see you. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.